Welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. And we are back for another episode. It's always weird not to ruin the magic for people when we're <laughs> back to back. Because we chat at the beginning of the first one and it's like, okay, so now what do we chat? <laughs> one. We, we can chat about there is a great little film out in theaters that you should go see. Um, it's called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. And this started off as a little uh, YouTube clip, a little YouTube animation that uh, Jenny Slate, the comedian, she was on Saturday Night Live for only one season, um, but she's done a lot of stuff. She was in Parks and Rec and some other stuff. And she and her boyfriend at the time uh, created this little short comedy and, and it just went viral and became big. And then they've ended up putting a, an entire movie together and it is just so poignant and cute it's pixar level storytelling it's funny it's heartbreaking it's really 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 good uh great for the whole family pg film so fun fun film to check out if you guys haven't listened to all 150 of our episodes and you don't know this about tracy when he says something is pixar level storytelling that is supremely high praise from Tracy Mangum. <laughs> like it doesn't get much higher praise than that. Although Pixar has kind of been eh, lately, but you know. Okay. Still. So they haven't been hitting Pixar level story. Right. That, right. Some of their stuff has been really, really good lately. Oh. Like Soul was really good. Soul was um, Luca, I thought was really good. Was I think the hard thing is the last one we saw in theaters was Onward. And I think that that one wasn't quite up to the same level not, of not. expectation that people have for Pixar. Um, and then Lightyear. Lightyear was okay. I yeah. Lightyear. I haven't there seen was, it yet. Okay, but it, yeah. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a stop motion, part stop motion um, film. It's got this little shell who's got one little eyeball and, and a little mouth and he and his uh, Nana are the only ones left. The rest of his family got uh, disappeared in a mysterious way. And so they're trying to deal with, because they don't have much of a community. They're just on their own. So they're trying to survive. And then the, uh, the couple that live there has decided to turn it into an Airbnb. And a filmmaker moves in and meets Marcel and starts to do a documentary film about him. And it, uh, it involves Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Plays a key role. <laughs> well, but check out, go on to YouTube, check them out. There's like, I think there's three of them and they're like three, four minutes each, maybe a little bit more, um, but just really, really cute. Um, and this one just had a lot of really, really great lines in it. But, but speaking of shells now, Val, you mentioned that you were after this going to be making stuffed shells for dinner. So I feel like yeah. we've kind of got a, you know, a <laughs> story about a shell and eating <laughs> shells. It's just a whole mixture of stuff going on today for us with shells. Now I've, I've seen photos of Val's Italian cooking. Yeah. It's, it's pretty food. epic looking. Yeah, I have been traveling a lot and during August I'm, I'm pretty much not really going to be home. 
Yeah. And so I asked my daughter what she wanted for this family dinner. And she said stuffed shells. And I'm like, are you sure? I feel like I make that a lot for the, our family dinner. And she's like, that's what I want. And I'm like, okay, so I'm making stuffed shells. So that's what nice. I'm doing after this. So very nice. Awesome. And speaking of Sammy, congrats on her for hosting her first poetry slam festival. Yeah. She's got a lot of poetry going on. It's really the talent of slam poets in Utah is really cool. If you haven't caught any slam poetry, there's like every third Monday of the month or something like that at night, they're at a different place, but you can, there's a lot of slam poetry happening. So. That's cool. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, this week we are talking, I don't have a good segue from slam poetry. <laughs> to this movie unfortunately but this week we are talking about ferris bueller's day off which is just one of the classic films oh oh tracy just question how have we not discussed about this film until now like we've done all these episodes and how are we just doing ferris bueller i'm like re-watching this just kind of kicking myself I have an unpopular opinion about this movie, so. Well, do we, do we want to start with that, or do you want to kind of just let us go and then bring in the unpopular opinion? <laughs> yeah, let's just chat, and I'll I'll all break, right. I'll kill your dreams all the way through this episode. <laughs> this wow. may be why we haven't talked about it before. <laughs> Maybe so. It's starting to make sense. It's all starting to come together now. Uh, it's no, I an '80s classic, though. It is, it is an 80s classic. It was fun watching it. Um, it's one, my my wife was watching it with me and I don't know that she's super familiar with it, but my wife is very much like, she follows the rules and she expects other people to follow the rules. And what she doesn't like is people who break the rules and get away with it. And so I'm like, so when you watch this movie, is Jeannie like your hero? Is she the protagonist for you in this movie? And like Ed Rooney and like, and she just laughed because no, but, but she, but yes, yes. <laughs> He's the female Ed Rooney. Yeah. This, this movie is such a big, I don't know, part of growing up for me. I remember watching this a lot as a kid and um, as a teenager, I, I think it's one of those things where when you think about cutting school, you want to have one of those mm -hmm. epic mm -hmm. Ferris Bueller type days. Uh, and it usually ended up with you like hanging out at the gas station or something like it never ended up being nearly as epic as as his days were. Um, but I don't know. It was just the epitome of like what you thought. High For me, before mm -hmm. I went into high school, it's what I thought mm -hmm. high school life was going to be like was Ferris yeah. Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of Saved by the Bell. And it was neither <laughs> of those things. It was, it was neither of those, those things. Were your, those were your North Stars, huh? Yeah, those were my... And, I was disappointed on all fronts <laughs> for, for my kids. It's now high school musical, the musical, the mm. series. Uh, I have told parents a lot of point because it's not quite what school is like, but. <laughs> Zach Tom was back in town recently. He was. Yeah. I don't know if he's doing an episode of high school musical, the musical, oh, the series. No, an anniversary and so uh bonnie story the choreographer was also there taking mm. some pictures and some of the stars have kind of dropped in to just kind of take pictures put it on social that kind of stuff cool well we like zach efron he can stop by anytime he wants yeah you know? <laughs> i agree with that 
<laughs> so my thing about this is that I think. Oh, here we go. Strap in. Jake. I think I'm ready. It, I think that it is one of those, like for a generation, it's one of those movies that if you say Ferris Bueller or you say Bueller, Bueller, or like one of the other 20 famous quotes mm -hmm. from this movie, even if you haven't seen the movie, you know what movie we're talking about, right? Yeah. So I think that that's cool. Um, but I, for me, like, I feel like there was a lot of movies that came out in similar times that I could see myself or relate to a character. And in this movie, like, I know a lot of people are like, well, I want to be Ferris. I didn't want to be yeah. Ferris. And I relate to Cameron. I don't relate to Cameron. I do think Cameron is a cool character. Um, I think it's fun. I think there's a lot of things that are kind of funny about it. But I think the movie's okay for me. Yeah, it's okay. I think it's it's one of those movies that has a lot of really great lines, mm -hmm. but when you get down to like thinking to yourself, why is this movie a classic? I'm just like, that's eh, okay. That's fair. I, I I can see that as far as not necessarily relating to any of the main characters because no, I was not a Ferris Bueller in high school, Bueller. nor am I a Ferris Bueller now. And I wasn't a Cameron either. Like, I think all of us have moments where we feel like Cameron, but I don't uh -huh. think a lot of people are a Cameron where it's a constant thing. And if, if they are, I hope that they're getting the medical attention and help that they need, because I think I he had a, severe depression and I was a pretty good Cameron. Were you? I was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But this one to me, I don't know. I, and it would be interesting to, to hear from our, our listeners um, because to me, this is like you said, Jake, this was one that's kind of a seminal film. Like this was just part of my childhood growing up. And there's so many moments in this movie, like Val said, the Bueller, Bueller with um, um, Ben Stein. Stein. Yeah. Um, the, the Ferrari. Um, I've got a, a friend of the program, James Owen, went to uh, Chicago recently and went to the Chicago Museum of Art and recreated the three people standing in front of the photo and said yeah. that to me and some stuff like that. And and just, I, I'm with you, Jake. There's just something about, there are some days where you're like, why am I doing what I'm doing instead of doing what I want to do? Yeah. It is so beautiful outside. The sky is like perfect blue. Why am I sitting in this office? <laughs> yeah. I get that. And I like, I like all of those. I, for me, I just feel like the moments that we remember and the moments that we like and pull out of this movie are all great. But then when you look at the whole picture of the movie, out of all of the movies that came out of that time that I could relate to as a child, I feel like this was, there's a lot of hype that goes around this movie and hyped parts, but the movie as a whole is okay. Yeah, I, I think like, I loved the museum part. I love the lady who plays the secretary at the high school. She oh my gosh, is one of my favorite characters yes, ever. Is. I love her. I love the principal. He was in a lot of different movies at that wasn't, time. Wasn't she in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Yes, she was. Yeah. The, she was the travel. She was at the rental the, car the place. Rental car. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. drops the another John Hughes F words on. Yeah. Right. Right. Take that effing smile off your effing face. Yeah. Right. I think now. <laughs> Another John Hughes movie. There's something to me, it's interesting because it's it's a shorter film. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they pack a lot into this movie. And I love the fact that it's not just wall-to-wall gags. Like, there's some really nice moments of character where they, like, step aside and let yeah. them be quiet and just let the character, like, when Cameron's talking about his dad at the end, you know? And, yeah. And, uh, there's just some some nice moments like that that work. There, there are. And I think that's what stood out to me a little bit this time as I watched it. Because, Val, I think you're right. I... I tend to, when I think about this movie and I haven't sat down and watched it for a while, I think of all the funny parts and the quotable parts and the things that are, those are the things that you remember and stand out. But then when you watch the movie, there are those quieter moments, Tracy, like you mm-hmm. mentioned. I think I love that when he's talking about his dad at the end, toward the end of the movie and how, no, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the heat for this because I need to. And like something just clicks about like he in that moment has decided I'm not living for someone else. I'm living for me. And like, that is such a huge character moment for him. And even when Jeannie's sitting there talking to Charlie Sheen on the bench (laughs) and he's like, so it bothers you that he cuts school and doesn't get caught. sounds like that's a you problem, not a him problem. And like, there are those kind of moments that are in the film and sprinkled throughout, but really the, the Cameron story you know, when he is, you know, catatonic, kind right, on the diving board and everything, <laughs> like, that is, those are the parts that we forget about, but they are the parts that I think when you watch it, like, okay, this is, but that's what John Hughes does so well yeah. when he writes a script, is he can, he can do all these funny moments. I think of, like, movies like Un- Uncle Buck, right, where there's all these uh-huh. great funny moments, and then there's these heartfelt moments in the middle of it, and you're like, wait a second, two seconds ago I was laughing at a ridiculous thing and now I'm feeling something totally mm-hmm. different. And I think that's a talent that John Hughes had as a writer. Yeah. Um, and then in this, he directed as well. And, and, and one and of my favorite writers of all time, John Hughes. I, I agree. He, he's got a great ear for dialogue and it reminds me too, Jake. Um, we talked about it a second ago, but just the plane strains and automobiles when John Candy mm-hmm. starts talking about how, you know what? I like me and I'm okay with me. And yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's just this genuine heartfelt moment inside all this craziness, which I think really makes it even a better film. Yeah, I agree. And I think that when you look at Ferris Bueller's Day Off, even though it does have that cult icon status right. that it has, and it's one of my favorite films, it, it does, it does deliver that moment, but I don't think it delivers it as well as like a planes, trains, and automobiles. I agree. And so, and maybe that's where it falls short a little bit. And, and for me, I don't think it would have been as successful as a movie if we wouldn't have had uh, Matthew Broderick. And I feel the oh, same way about the movie yeah. that we talked about last week, why they put um, Robert De Niro in that part instead of putting like a Helen Mirren or you know like having her have a woman and we didn't really talk about it but it kind of made this movie made me think about it is that they needed De Niro mm-hmm. they needed Matthew for this mm-hmm. movie you know there are if you would have pulled Matthew out of the movie I don't know if it would have worked as well because he was so brilliant in yeah, this right. role and pulled you in every time he broke that wall, you know, mm-hmm. because his character is kind of annoying. He's kind of oh, annoying yeah. like uh-huh. jackass, you know? And so if you oh, were yeah. to put anyone else in that character, the movie wouldn't have been as successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it's think this, 
this role for Matthew Broderick showed that at such a young age, he knew what he was doing more than anyone thought he would. Cause I yeah. don't think they knew what he could do. I think they thought he's, you know, he's a good looking kid. He's fun. He's going to be good. But he, like, what he did for this character, you know, mm -hmm. made it iconic. It Took wasn't, it the, the writing level. was fun. Yeah. The writing yeah. was fun, but he made it iconic. Yeah. And I would say just about every actor did, even Ben Stein, the, the teacher, they're, they're me very memorable oh characters. It, ben Stein has turned that moment, the Bueller, Bueller moment, like, mm -hmm. It is incredible to was, me how much that has led to like a huge career for him because when Ben signs money, when Ben signs money, all of that that has come from that, from just having was, that dry, nasally voice. He was a pol the political writer, scriptwriter. Yeah, for Nixon. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, That's let's so find weird. the most boring sounding right? person we can to teach uh -huh. this class and to call this role. And it became so iconic that that has launched him into this level of fame that, like, it is incredible to me. And it, that's yeah. not to take anything away from his talent because he's super smart, super talented. Right. But, like, right. really, this is the moment that launches him into that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I, and I love Jennifer Grey in this. I think she's hilarious in this as a sister. Yeah. Uh, Mia Sarah is not the most talented actress, but she's, she's okay in this. Um, although I did have a crush on her growing up. Well, I, yeah, I mean, girl, like, I, I get it. And she seemed cool too. Like, yeah. I don't know. Sloan, Sloan seemed cool. I don't know the actress at all, yes. but yes. Um, well, I mean, and Jennifer Grey in this movie, like she was the it girl at the, like she uh -huh. was in a lot of stuff at this time. And she really has a smaller role compared to like a Matthew Broderick, Broderick in this film but she does so well. Like she steals the show when she's in it. Like when she opens the door at the very end and like, Oh, you found Where him. Thank you, you so much. Where have you been? You know, only Ferris would try to walk home from the hospital. He's so brave. Oh, by the way, you left your wallet in our kitchen. <laughs> she just, she's a good actress. I, I, really like jennifer gray as yeah, a performer it's kind of interesting she she like you said she was the it girl for a long time and then kind of dropped off is has she done a whole lot lately anybody followed up with her for she, like for a couple of years she like changed her nose and was like doing things and yeah then i haven't seen anything for a minute she, she's been in some smaller roles when they bring I her in for that like things yeah they'll bring her in as like a oh here's jennifer gray kind of i don't know well cameo small, yeah cameo type yeah. stuff so um but but, but I, I think she took a lot of took a lot of heat when she made the nose change and things like yeah. that but kind well, of well i think she also took a lot of heat when she made dirty dancing and she was a pill to work with yeah that's also mm. true that's i didn't true. work with her no, <laughs> i that, know stories i know that there was a lot of like stories yeah. about being like her and Patrick Swayze didn't get along at all. No. So that they, was some great acting. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dirty Dancing as big a movie as it is, I think that's where you put Patrick Swayze in the legend kind of category. The fact that he like broke his leg or whatever as right. he was doing those moves and still Patrick Swayze's awesome. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. He's also dead, but he's awesome. 
<laughs> just because you die doesn't mean you stop being awesome. Crap. Just in case people didn't know. Yeah. I, spoiler alert. Jeez. <laughs> That's like real life. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, but just the, the, the script is very clever. I love the, 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 the situations that they put Ferris in. And I remember when this movie came out, there were like parents groups who were upset because he makes all the adults look like idiots. It's like, well, this is not a I movie mean, for an adult. This is yeah. a movie for the kids, you know, most of us are idiots. All right. Yeah. And, but just the, the whole sausage King of Chicago, that whole section yeah. is <laughs> really you're the sausage king moment. of Chicago. Yes. And then they got to Matthew Broderick's face and he's like, yes. <laughs> you know, like he processes it for a Just second. Just leaning like, okay, right into it. What am I trying to do? Okay. I got this. You know, I, <laughs> you touch this phone and I will call foul. The, the thing that's funny to me about parents groups getting upset about it because he makes all the adults look like idiots are they thinking that their kids are going to pull off what Ferris did? Because right. honestly, come on. <laughs> like all of us, that was the dream, right? But we all kind right. of knew. Oh, we were we gonna were when is there a parade in the middle of a work week? That was my question too. Like, what was the parade all about? For other than it was German heritage. Number? For some reason, I was thinking it was like a, a St. Patrick's Day, but I don't think it is. But that's kind of no, because they're all Germans singing Donka Shane, and they're well, all in like German outfits. And, and if that was St. Patrick's Day in that city, they'd all be not at work. It'd be closed down. They'd all be yeah, true. I, that's what streets. I thought of. I just grew up what thinking that Chicago just had random parades every week. <laughs> and I I'll, would love to live I'll find there. out. I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> two days. Nice. I've never been to Chicago. I'll let you so know if I just break out into song somewhere. <laughs> Maybe what I'll do just, is recreate some of these moments and post them on our Facebook. Are you? Would, are you that going? That would be awesome. Are you getting a rental car? No. Oh, because we need that rental car shot of like <laughs> the going Wars off the with the Star Wars music, with the Star Wars theme. <laughs> um, I. Just you know, practice Donka Shane. You'll be all set. Mm -hmm. You'll need that for the parade. Twist and shout. It's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, twist and shout gets the crowd going quite a bit, mm -hmm. and it got the crowd going. It did. Man, I I don't. I've never seen a crowd that excited at a parade ever. And I have to so say many too, mixed people and cultures just like yeah. going crazy to just that song. Fun. Well, because everybody loves Ferris. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. <laughs> I love how there, there are so many Dusex Machina moments in this where he doesn't get caught. Like oh, yeah. When the sister's driving the car, he's running across the street, she slams on the brakes, and the mom's papers go flying, and then she's looking down, and, and then they're having the eye contact between him and his sister um, when he's when he's running and his dad's driving next to him. You know, there's just so many. The, yeah, the one and his dad looks like, right at him and doesn't recognize him. The one that kills me is the uh, when he catches the baseball at Wrigley Field and and Rooney's watching on the TV and then starts cleaning off his suit, <laughs> just glances away at the exact moment the Ferris is on TV. That this was, I think, this is what the creators of Phineas and Ferb were watching when they're like, "I know what we're going to do for a TV series. We're going to have them do all these crazy things, and they'll never get caught by their sister." Because conveniently, the mom will never see 
what they're doing. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I kept thinking. Herb was made, then I will like this movie a little bit more because I heart Phineas and Ferb. It, it's what I kept thinking of. I'm like, it is just like their big sister. Mom, Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> but, but they never, is- like, conveniently, everything just disappears before the mom comes out to see it. It just goes away. And that's yeah. what happened with Ferris over and over again is conveniently something always worked out. Was that a JFK doll in his bed? It looked like JFK. Uh, like a mannequin? Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. I thought it was just a mannequin. I don't know that it, it was anything. Be, but for some reason watching it again, I was like, that kind of looks like JFK. But I could be wrong. Interesting. I don't know. But I know he's not into any isms. We learned that at the very beginning. Ferris isn't. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that. And there's what do I wear for a fashion so he's like, I don't I don't care. It doesn't affect me. That is what every high schooler thinks about history and all that kind of stuff. Well, I don't care. What does it matter what they're yeah. doing in Europe? It doesn't affect me. It does. It's fine. But kids are dumb. Not dumb. Kind of they haven't experienced enough yet to know. That's what it is. There you go. There you go. I was going to say, it's kind of fun that uh, I like the fact that newer movies have like little references to Ferris Bueller, like in Spider-Man. I can't remember which one it was. It might've been, uh, it wasn't no way home. It was either homecoming or I think it was homecoming where he's running through the backyards and he's talking, Hey, how are you? You know, <laughs> he's running yeah. through. And then you yep. had Deadpool a couple of years ago where they recreated the end sequence with the, you're still here. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> which, which is one of my favorite things, because I remember seeing that when I was younger and like, you have to sit through the whole credits, first of all, because you want to see Edward Rooney in the awkward situation of getting on the bus and sitting next to the girl. And she asks like the weirdest question. I'll bet you've never smelled a real school bus before. Well, that's a weird thing to like, <laughs> not, I, I bet you've never been in a school bus before or seen, but no, well, smell. They smell, because they smell, like, the smell. there is a very there is specific, a specific smell. smell. That's true. <laughs> I, when you say it, I can smell it. That's true. But, <laughs> but I just remember thinking as a kid, like, it was so cool that you would watch the whole credits because there was more to watch. Like, right. everybody else's credits are so boring. And then you get to the very end and you have his little end scene. Like, you're still here. Mm-hmm. It's over. Go home. They, they were putting end credits in before uh, Marvel. Yeah. Mar- <laughs> we There you go, Val. This is the reason we have Phineas and Ferb and the MCU. All there because of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, that's a stretch. <laughs> that's a stretch. <laughs> I want my daughter out in front of the school right now. <laughs> by herself. No, not by herself. You better be there. No. Cameron's voice is just so, it cracks me up in that scene. Like, listen here, mister. <laughs> Call me sir, damn it. You know, <laughs> frankly, you're an a-hole. Yeah. That scene is one of my favorites in the whole movie. And then when the follow-up, when they pick up Sloan and he kisses her, 
so that's how it is. Yeah. So that's how it is in their family. Like, no. <laughs> but I, I agree, Val. This is this is one that lives or dies by its casting. And this is pretty much pitch perfect. Yeah. yeah. I think I, and I'm not a I, I'm not a huge Broderick fan. Like I've seen some of his other stuff and he's okay, but this to me and this is Zilla, I mean his. <laughs> like I saw election, I've seen some other stuff. Um the producers, but the producers. Yeah. This is a very different role for Matthew Broderick and it, and he shines in it, but like he didn't grow up to be the cool guy. Like, no, I, not that he's not cool. Matthew Broderick's really cool, but he's not like the leading man kind of cool. Right. Like you see in Ferris Sarah Bueller. Jessica Parker. I mean, come yeah, on. he's, he's cool in a Matthew Broderick kind of way. I'm just saying like, <laughs> when you watch Ferris Bueller, this is a guy who grows up to be like you, you imagine he's going to be somebody who's just always very, very cool. And like a very successful, know, like, like my friend, Tom, Tom Cruise, that's who uh, you picture Ferris Bueller growing up. That's true. Into. And that's not who Matthew Broderick is. And there's nothing wrong with who Matthew Broderick is. It's just very different. Matthew Broderick's are people are that online. You know, he's just done a lot of Broadway musicals. I think that's awesome that he's done. I can't imagine that Broadway musical is easier than being in a movie. No, no. it's uh, not. It's just some people take the cool factor out of. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool, but it's also it's kind cool. of one of those little. Yeah. It's. Yeah. He's, he is very talented and he's an incredible Cruise actor. on Broadway. This is true. So, we, we see him topless on a beach with a whole bunch of 20 year olds. <laughs> Look what I still got. Look at this. <laughs> I get you. I get you, Jake. I get you. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Matthew Brock's awesome. I liked him in The Lion King. He was really good. <laughs> and I did like him in Godzilla. I thought he was I great love in Godzilla. Godzilla. When are we going to talk yeah. about that version of Godzilla? Yeah. We can talk about that version of Godzilla. We we still have a lot of episodes to do before we're done with this little journey. Okay. All right, we got plenty of movies to talk about. They're not just gonna. We're not gonna run out of movies. No, we, I don't think we'll run out of movies. Especially if we cover all the NATOs. This is true. Yeah, all the Sharknado movies. Once we get through all of those, yep, we'll start that, doing the Fast and Furious. Oh. <laughs> I'll trade you a Sharknado 4 for Fast and Furious of your choosing. <laughs> that That is, I will say how this many, about the Fast and Furious movies that I've seen. They how are many all, Fast and Furious movies equal one Sharknado? Like, <laughs> they, all of the ones that I've seen, and I've seen, I think, the first three, all better than Sharknado. <laughs> it's because they're and all about even, family. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's all about family. Except for the one. <laughs> yeah, Tokyo Drift was a little bit weird. <laughs> but it's totally different. I don't, I don't know. I get to do a, uh, hopefully, I think, because it was on the list. Uh -huh. I get to do a Fast and Furious all about family. Uh, that would be fun. At, at Fan X. Yeah, I saw that I've one seen, on the list. I've seen Hobbs and Shaw. 
Yeah. That's, it's one of my favorites. It counts. I like that one. Um, it's kind of the I rogue one, first one of the fast yeah. franchise. Okay. Can we, can I just say something about rogue one? That's going to upset sure. a lot of star Wars fans right now. Oh, oh, please don't upset a star Wars fan. Cause they're <laughs> never unhappy. Well, first of all, I'm going to say something about a star Wars movie. So I'm going to upset star Wars <laughs> right. fan. You said star can, Wars. So people are pissed. Yeah. Can we stop saying that rogue one is the best of the star Wars movies, please? Like I loved rogue one, but it is it's not the best there. of the star Wars movies. It's good. It's up but there. is it better than empire strikes back? No, but it's up okay. there. It's pretty good. It's better than it's the Rise of Skywalker. One, it's better than what? The Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Okay, yeah. Sharknado <laughs> was better than Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> That's not true. That's a lie. That is you, a lie. You had I more want you to fun. put that in the tag so we can get all the You views. had more fun at Sharknado than you did at Rise of Skywalker. Well, yeah, because we were allowed to make fun of Sharknado out loud. <laughs> there was a lot of cheering. It, we, was, it was really fun. We had fun. to be the professional. Really when we went and saw Rise of Skywalker, we had to be professional about it because <laughs> it was a packed theater. This was packed with our people, so it yeah, was fine. Yeah. Totally different. Um, I I don't know. It just Rogue One is good, but it's not the best. It's up there fine, but it's not the best. <laughs> I'm drawing a line in the sand. You can send the emails to me. That's fine. I can take it. And I've been defending the Last Jedi since 2017. Trust me, I can take it. <laughs> and there's a tie-in to Ferris Bueller because of the Star Wars theme we already mentioned. So yeah, exactly. It all, it all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. I feel like all right, there's Val. More to say about this movie? What? Well, you have to give us a grade first, a letter grade, and then that can be the last thing you have to say about this movie. Um, B minus. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. I don't I don't want to dig any deeper into it because we've already heard and I just don't want to ruin it for me. All right, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> so this one to me, I have not watched this in quite a while, but it's one that I would watch again. Um, it reminds me so much of like just childhood growing up. I think it's a really witty script. I like John Hughes a lot. Um, the casting is great. This is one that's hard to remove the nostalgia from. I'm just gonna go A. This is one to me that's just one of those one of those classics for in my collection. Yeah. This is this is gonna get a double A rating. I'm gonna give it an A as well. I just it's hard for me not to like this movie. Yeah. It's not the best John Hughes movie, but it's hard for me to put a John Hughes movie down pretty down mm-hmm. lower than an A because I like his writing style, I like his stories. Um I he was just so unique in how he especially dialogue with young people, the way he would write young people was just really unique and interesting. Um, So, but this is an A for me. So So that averages out to like a B plus between the three of us. Yeah, I'll take that. If I was take, if I got a report card that had two A's and a B minus on it in high school, my parents would have been thrilled. (laughs) Like in math, they would have been like, okay, he's doing all right. He's We're good. Like worried about it. So. <laughs> would, would they have taken you to Leatherby's? No, my parents oh, never. Leatherby's, yeah. a treat for good grades. Maybe I never got good enough grades, and that's why. <laughs> we grade, never but... really went to Leatherby's because it was because you get diabetes so we, there. We did that too, but Guys, we were sort of like Baskin Robin. <laughs> my, I'd rather be. My whole 
world was shattered. Speaking of leather bees, when I was in San Francisco, uh huh. Because I found out while I was there that in Northern California they have leather bees. Yeah. Oh, do they? And it's like the original leather bees, but it's not owned by the same people as our leather bees. It is not a Utah original. I thing. thought like, it was. Leather bees started as a franchise of the leather bees in Northern California. And then a few years ago, like 10, 20 years ago, they kind of separated. Yeah. Yeah. And they separated from that. And now the Leatherbees here is family owned by the family that has owned it forever. My daughter dated the grandson. Yeah. He worked there. And and so on on the local Leatherbees menu, there are things named after the family of the local people that, so it's very localized here. So it is, it is really localized. I don't think your dreams need to be shattered on the fact that, that they brought it here and they made it better and that they're passing out diabetes to all of (laughs) Salt Lake city and Midvale. Um, But um, it's like one of those things you need to do at least once in your life. They do have the best cheese fries and dipping sauce, by the way. Speaking of cheese fries and another Utah original, the training table is coming back. Yes. What? I know. Training I table say, is coming back. Leatherbees may have the best cheese fries for now, but when training table right. comes well, back. Well, that's the only reason I say it is because training table doesn't exist yeah, anymore. They are coming they, back. They, they put on their website that they were coming back. Um, and what? I, yeah, Did they just yeah. like take a little sabbatical? I think, well, I think you haven't been in state for like ever. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I think they started JCWs if I'm not mistaken, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Do they bring back the telephone ordering system? And are they going to have little wipies at all the stations? Right. <laughs> or is it going to be a cell phone experience now? It could be all, you order via app and you just say, yeah. I don't know. But as long as they have the cheese fries and the ultimate dipping sauce, and I'm the there taco for it. Salads. Their taco salads were amazing. Oh, Training table was so good. That's what reminds me. That was like my first gig in high school at the radio station is going and setting up the DJ at the training table. And I was always excited to get that remote because I knew we were going to get free food. (laughs) Set him up and he'd do his show. And then I knew I was going to get some free food from the training table. And it was like, well, are you going to get the cheese fries? Well, yes, I am. Of course I am. Like, of course you're going to get the cheese fries. Water wet. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I love, I love. Okay, well, table. we need to do a show from training table. When yeah. It opens back up. When they come back um, out and they're open again, I think that's what we need to it. do. Let's do it. In the meantime, next week we are going to come back and I think we're going to talk about Marcel the shell with shoes on. We're going to try. If you guys if get a chance. Get. I know Val's very. Val's packed. super busy and we know that, um, but we will. Uh, you guys, are probably, it'll be coming you guys soon. have probably noticed. We were really good about putting a, an episode out every week. It's gotten a little bit hectic over this Summer's last summer a little busy sorry and and I'm that's because we have made a decision that if we can't all three be on the show we just we we'd rather miss a week same. than try to interrupt that kind of chemistry and so we are supportive of all of our adventures val has a few more than the rest of us but all of our adventures we're very supportive <laughs> of and so we appreciate your patience as we've gone through the kind of this time of transition and we're getting it figured out it's- so it's it, it was we mentioned in last week's episode with the intern. It's all about that balance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, in the meantime, we won't see you at the movies. Thank you for listening. Uh, send us all of your uh, hate mail about my Star Wars opinions. It's fine. I can take it. Um, and 
We will see you next time. Boom, bow, bow. And Donka Shane. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production. Wait, you're you're still here? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> <laughs>